when I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Look, look, the dust is growing. My branches lost Lord James. Stately, plump, buck bargain. All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Hello, I'm Adam Biles, Literary Director here at Shakespeare and Company, and today I'm joined by jazz musician and dear friend of the bookshop, Alex Fryman. If you've listened to our interview podcast over the last few years, you'll already know Alex's work, because his brilliant track, Mr Ginger, has long served as that show's theme tune. Which was why, when we realised that our Ulysses project also needed something special for its own theme music, we commissioned Alex for the job. Since the readings began in February, several of you have written in asking about the inspiration behind the music, so we thought we'd get Alex on this special episode of the podcast to tell us all about it. Alex, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Adam. Hi, Alex. Um, Okay, before we get into the actual process of putting together um, this uh, theme tune for for Friends of Shakespeare and Company, Read Ulysses, can you just tell us a little bit about your uh, background in in jazz music, how you, as a Frenchman, got into jazz and uh, and made it made it your life well yes i started playing music when i was about 14 i was immediately attracted by you know rock and roll and uh, pop music and uh, johnny halliday that kind of thing yeah exactly johnny <laughs> halliday. no it was more it was more i think my introduction to it was more through um uh, the british rock scene and mm-hmm. um and Jimi Hendrix, of course, and at the time I had no idea about jazz. To my, to me, it was something that old people listen to. Well, I guess I'm getting there, <laughs> but um, but I mean, the music that I really listened to back then, and the tunes and the stuff that I really clinged on, and I know that in retrospect, were inspired by blues and jazz. For example, I. I mean, I used to, I still do, love Led Zeppelin and um, the Rolling Stones, of course, and of course, Jimi Hendrix, which I, who I absolutely love. And the elements that I was attracted to, I mean, apart from their own creativity as artists on their own, was the influence they had um, from the Afro music, Afro-American music, Mm -hmm. especially the blues. And then my ear developed and I was even more attracted by some sophistication in certain artists. And that led me into listening to jazz. And I I discovered that what I was originally attracted to came from jazz. Mm -hmm. And then I started digging into this. And then I I had the chance to go to to live in the U.S. uh, for quite some time and then studied in Berklee School of Music. So I was really in the front seat of discovering a lot of musicians from the past but also contemporary musicians i was just thrown in the deep end and i don't think i made it back <laughs> <laughs> and so for listeners who may not have heard um play it gentle your album which i should say is available to buy or stream pretty much everywhere um do you play in a certain tradition of jazz yeah um for that record <clears throat> For that particular record, which 
so I'm preparing a new one right now because this record was done in 2017. Mm -hmm. So it's been some time. Um, for that particular record, I really had in mind a certain sound of um, the jazz from the 1960s, uh, which is a, a very high period for jazz, that was also in favor of a certain element of the blues music, mm -hmm. which is I've always been attracted to the sound of the blues, whether on the guitar or singing or just mm -hmm. the overall mood. And that album was really, really highly inspired from certain recordings um, from that era, from the Blue Note era, and more particularly one of my heroes, Grant Green. Um, but I also wanted to do something that was quite personal. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have a choice because it always comes out a different way than sure, you intend yeah, yeah. to do it. Um, and uh, it was really influenced by that, by the jazz, the blues. Also, something I was, that was very important to me is to try to do a record that was both sophisticated, so was interesting for jazz aficionados or other uh, of my contemporary musicians, but also could just speak to just anybody. So not something too, um, too uh, what people what people kind of criticize, people who don't really usually listen to jazz criticize about jazz, something that they would not listen to. They, yeah, they wouldn't yeah, yeah. keep, they would say, uh, oh, it was nice because you're a friend or something like that, but they wouldn't actually listen to it. That was an important part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and as the kind of the representative here of just about anybody as I am or something, we, I mean, <laughs> we've talked a lot about how I'm pretty stupid about music. Um, well, I, can, I can say straight out, it's an incredibly listenable album and sort of more i guess accessible than um than a lot of uh than i found a lot of a lot of jazz records over the years this for some reason for me who who have listened and love so many uh, records and not not just in jazz but also in you know contemporary music classic classical music or you know any any pop music or i listen to a lot of things but something for me just personally is to play music for for a lot of people that can be enjoyed by a lot of people and uh, that was that's that what makes me happy playing music also. yeah 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 so when i came to you um with this idea for a um a theme tune for for ulysses i mean i i came to you with an idea and this was something i realized was maybe um i was kind of handcuffing you a little bit with mm. this um so Listeners may know that there's a song which is often considered the, the theme of Ulysses, which is um, this old sort of 19th century ballad called, called um, Love's Old Sweet Song. And, you know, I just had in mind that this would be an amazing thing to kind of have a version of this as our theme tune. And that was basically as far as our reflection, as my reflection went. And then I brought it to you and I could see immediately once you'd gone away and investigated this tune that what I was asking was, um, in a sense, was quite a challenge because I was like presenting you with a song which was really out of your wheelhouse. Is that is that fair? Definitely. Definitely. You told me about this and it's true. I, actually, I thought it was quite interesting that you, because you, you had talked to me about this project, which I, I thought was a, very exciting. Um, before you mentioned that mm -hmm. song, I, I was already, my cogs were already going into certain direction and kind of vague of what could I, I could do for this and then you mentioned that tune <laughs> which made perfect sense in the project but to me 
so I went back and listened to the tune and I I sat with it for a few days and I, I just could not see how I with my own personal style mm -hmm. I just could not see how I could do it in a way that would fit my style mm -hmm. of playing or hearing music it's just that it's a it's a really beautiful tune to be honest but it's just not in my in my ear it's not yeah, the yeah, kind yeah. of thing i didn't know and um and this was a bit of a challenge but i think this helped me also to think about how to go about it yeah but that's the thing as well is you could have come back to me and said look this isn't going to work <laughs> you know i don't i i want I, I could do something but i'm not going to work with this because it doesn't matter but that's that's not what you did i really appreciated the fact that you said okay you know, I've been given essentially this kind of constraint. It's like mm, sort of mm. like the the ulipo in a way, <laughs> sort of. Yeah. And and you're like, okay, how can I how can I work within it? So, well, let's 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 start talking about some of the ways mm. that you you did work with it. So, um, what was the was there a kind of a breakthrough moment, an idea where where something about the theme music, something about the the tune, or something else clicked into place, and you realized the direction this was going to take. Yeah, I have to remember. I mean, there definitely was this moment. And um, I think, I think, uh, I, you know, um, I like to, I like to hang out in busy places um, to read or, you know, just on my own or with friends and in bars and cafes and something is atmosphere like, and look at people and hear people. And uh, it helps me sometimes to think the noise around, mm -hmm. this, you know, uh, and I was, I think I was either walking to a place like this or in a place like this. And I was thinking of the tune. And I think I decided to do a little bit of research mm -hmm. on, on Joyce. I, of course, I, I've known James Joyce, but I was not a specialist mm -hmm. of, of who he was, his work. I had, I had read James Joyce, at least in part, and enjoyed him. But he, in my mind, he was one writer that was extraordinary amongst other writers mm -hmm. that I really love so I did a little bit of research on it and um, of, of course I knew he was connected to Shakespeare and company so I did a little bit of research in that direction and I thought okay how can I do something that is sounds of today mm -hmm. with something that is has been done in 1922 um and that and your imposed figure <laughs> um and how can i use this tune of course i really thought about how could, i could arrange it uh how, arrange that mm -hmm. tune first but then i came, it came to a stop i did not pursue it i was like i don't think i can do it yeah, so yeah. i was trying to think about that that element also about the tune and the whole project but the tune led me to the idea is that I was really also in a personal reflection of um, where I'm taking my music these days. And because you mentioned that you've asked me that question about the play Gentle, which was inspired greatly by the 1960s, which I can't help it. It's part of my system, my earring system. But I, I think at that point, I was also in a reflection of, okay, this is, I've done that, but I'm doing something else now mm -hmm. and trying to formulate it. And for me, it had, it was, an, it's a necessity to bring whatever I do into what is happening today mm -hmm. in my life, of course, but also in people around me in the rhythm of the city. And 
I thought it's, it's crucial as a musician. It's a really valid question. So anyway, this was on my mind as well. And you sent me this. And for me, I, I had no idea how to put it into the setting today. Um, so this was the beginning of the reflection. And, uh, and then I wanted to integrate the elements of the past also. Mm -hmm. Also because it's linked to the bookshop. And the bookshop is also both in both, in both things. It has its roots uh, in a certain or two different eras actually uh, but it's very vivid today and jazz music is also a little bit the same thing music, jazz musicians who are in love with jazz who play jazz they don't listen they don't have a favorite artist they listen to the whole history mm -hmm. and any jazz musician has good jazz musicians that's my take on it has a knowledge and is rooted in what has happened in the past mm -hmm. in the beginning of jazz to the 20s 30s and up until today and then their role or their challenge is to bring that music into a personal thing into today's sound but not neglecting the roots yeah, yeah so yeah. it wasn't that idea i think there's there's a lot really interesting in what you said i want to come back to this idea of when you mentioned the the rhythms of the city and the two different epochs because i remember we had this conversation and it was then that i realized you were going to do something quite special with this because um ulysses of course is a book of a city i mean it mm. takes place in public in dublin it takes place in the streets it takes place in the bars it takes place mm. in the waiting rooms of the maternity hospitals it takes place in, a, in, in when there's always a hubbub there's always a background noise mm. And when so when you came originally with this idea of like you said, oh, maybe I'm going to use something from from a cafe, a kind of Parisian cafe noise mm. that struck me as exactly the perfect kind of bringing together of, you know, the the the, the private experience of reading and the public experience of being in the mm. city, mm. the two cities involved in mm. not only this project, but also the, the writing of the book, which is Paris and which is Dublin. Uh, and the, um, the the two different epochs as well that, that we're working with, sort of like a hundred a hundred years apart. You know, this is something in a sense. This kind of these these movements of the city, these noises of the city, are something which has been relatively consistent, you know, since that time. So as soon as you came up came to me with these with these ideas, it suddenly made um, yeah a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking that, I mean, the 20s were, was, I mean, obviously a very vibrant era, and it is not the beginning of jazz, because jazz began before, but it is also one of the very turning point into jazz music, which happens to be also the date of the publication of Ulysses, and I imagine that in more than one city, there was a um, some kind of um, creative movement, mm -hmm. and uh, it was a very probably very vivid time in different cities uh, as we call them today maybe it was also the beginning of the modern style city like the premise of what it was with entertainment and oh, yeah, yeah. workers and cafes and mass bars. media mass well. exactly so it's really maybe i don't know i mean from what i know i've read and what i imagine it was also the beginning of the cities how we imagine them today I mean, yeah it's yeah, a turning yeah. point which was interesting. So I'm interested to know, as a kind of composer, when you are composing a song for, for example, one of your albums, and when you're getting a commission to write theme music, is there a fundamentally different approach to to the two pieces of work? That's a great question, Adam. Um, <laughs> I was thinking a lot about that. Yes, there is one. And I did not... You reminded me that I wanted to say about that. I did not want to approach this 
in the same way I mm -hmm. approach some of my personal writing, which involves um, a lot of time a melody mm -hmm. or a, a specific rhythm or um, a chord progression or a certain atmosphere that I will try to create a tune around. Mm -hmm. For the tune to exist when you're writing in that direction, you need to understand and try to write a certain form um, so musicians can play the form, understand the form, of course, notes. And it's um, fiddling around either with your vocals, with your guitar, a melody on the guitar, or a certain rhythm, a certain bass line. Putting it into the framework or something that is functional and is playable by a bunch of musicians mm -hmm. because I play with musicians, not just on my own, so they can understand your music and perform it. There's a beginning and, and, and an intensity in the middle of the tune. I didn't want to approach it this way, that particular thing, because for me it was an opportunity to, um, instead of having to deal with notes and uh, specific rhythms, it had to do more with the atmosphere mm. and something that is closer to... Um, Maybe an experience you go when you go see a contemporary exhibit when they use sound as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in a corner, I mean, there's this piece and in a corner there's this recording of uh, overlapping sounds and that have to do with the ambiance mm. that the piece has, you know, is trying to convey. Plus, also something I really like is I, I, I really love listening to the radio yeah. and um, I was always... Uh, I always liked, I mean, not all of them, but some of them were really great. The the atmosphere that they, the radio, um, the sound design that they put at the beginning mm. of a certain show, and some yeah. of them are absolutely fantastic. And I wanted to evoke something like that. So it did not happen like this. I did some research. I imagined what it should feel like in my mind. Mm -hmm. And um, and I was researching uh, because it's it's uh, something that was going to be read and a literary amazing literary piece i wanted the voice to have a strong part yeah in it. yeah you put me in mind of something actually funnily enough a conversation i was having with our mutual friend sylvia whitman the other mm -hmm. day about how certain theme tunes prepare you so perfectly for what is to come mm -hmm. so we were talking about the uh the theme tune to the podcast talking politics mm -hmm. Uh, or we also mentioned um, to the TV show Succession or Game of Thrones, mm. where it's not just like it's not just a way to say, oh, the show is starting. It's a way to kind of sink you mm. into the the atmosphere mm. of the of the work. And I think this this piece does that so well. So let's take a look at some of the specific elements. So you've kind of essentially deconstructed it for mm. us today. Correct. Um, so which uh, which would be the first element that we should take a listen to i think i think it should be the tune flora's vo flora's voice because that's how it all began okay so let's listen and then we'll say who exactly flora is right though the heart be weary sad the day and long still to us at twilight comes love's old song okay so firstly it's incredibly kind of haunting Mm. Uh, performance of the song and anybody who's now gone away and listened to original recordings will know that it's a completely new take on um, on those lyrics so can you tell us a little bit about well firstly who that is singing and um, and how how that became part of part of this work yeah of course so um, this is um, Flora Hibbard um, who is also I know working uh, as part of Shakespeare and Company's team. 
who I've met many times. She's a good friend and she's a very, very, very talented uh, musician, singer, songwriter, lyricist. Um, she's got a couple of books of her lyrics out and she's working on her new project as well. And uh, I thought about... <laughs> I thought about her because, well, first of all, she's part of the Shakespearean Company team, which I thought it's an important thing uh, also to include a lot of people, but they made, uh, it uh, include people in the project is, a, first of all, something that I find quite beautiful for just giving them ideas, feeding of their own input. I find I'm very in favor of that, of that way of, of doing things in general. Um, but when you asked me to do the tune, and I know I could not sing it, mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to arrange it in a moment. I mean, something came to me to my mind is like is Flora practiced many times outside of the bookshop um, with her guitar. Sometimes she was with someone else, sometimes on her own, um, years ago. And uh, and you know, I just had her voice in in my head because she was singing in front of the bookshop and mm -hmm. it was part of a noise part of so many other things happening on the street in the shop and this voice was just part of the omnibus but in she's i've always thought she's she had a beautiful very personal way of singing um and so did you give her any sort of specific direction about how to to interpret those words no 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 i didn't and that's also something i love to do is you know you think about someone and their talent or how it fits your own idea but you trust them mm -hmm. sometimes there's a few indications and sometimes it's worth not giving any depends on the particular project but you trust if you choose well they will do something that will not only fit but just enhance everything sometimes my again my own philosophy about life and about projects is that um Sometimes when you give someone too many guidelines, they feel stifled. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it, it comes out naturally. And I yeah, thought yeah. it would be just great. So I just just send her a message. because, uh -huh. <laughs> um, And I I asked her, would you be, would, could you do this for me? It's for yeah. a project. Um, and uh, I thought it'd be great. I didn't tell her much about it. Um, and she, can you do just two versions? One just a cappella? Because obviously at the time I didn't have a, perfectly clear idea of what it was going to be like and one accompanied by a guitar yeah yeah and she just sent it to me as uh she did this briefly brief recording in a home studio and she sent it to me over the internet and then i just yeah did yeah the yeah. rest incredible okay and so which which would be the next element that sort of uh we should we should listen to to sort of build build our song yeah well so anyway yeah i had this idea of including the bar to, like a bar i recorded one night I was out on the bar by myself reading and just actually doing some research on on the... It was that night. It was. It, I think it was that night it all came together. I was doing some research in the bar um, and, uh, and I had in mind this noisy um, environment where people just exchange ideas and it's just this noisy thing where you can be, like you said, you can be reading so you, ha you can have something that's quite uh, inward and in your own... You know, kind of uh, intimacy and then but you're outside and there are all these people talking about all these different subjects and I like that noise and uh, little I know about James Joyce I knew he was in, he, he was not um, he was pretty fond of bars <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and composed quite a lot of Ulysses in cafes in fact 
there you go and uh, i thought it would it was just a good environment for i mean a good atmosphere for the base mm-hmm. of such a piece because including a lot of people exchanging ideas in a public place and also the element of reading like you said yeah so, yeah, yeah i should just say also a yeah. lot of our listeners probably heard you say i was in a bar doing research and they probably envied the life of a jazz musician <laughs> <laughs> well it's got its ups and downs i'll say that <laughs> um so we've got flora's voice we've got the bar yeah. tune what uh what came next uh and then yes so then as i was doing research i I went and listened to Sylvia Beach, uh, mm. one of Sylvia Beach's interview, which I found I was do- I I didn't even know that that it, that interview existed, but I stumbled on it, and I thought she was. I mean, obviously, it started these. It started to come together at that point, like mm-hmm. me wanting to put different voices together in a certain atmosphere. Uh, but I was really struck by her voice. I mean, mm. I had heard it before, yeah, but yeah. I was so struck, and I was looking for a piece that was relevant to the project. And... Uh, sh- let's just have a listen yeah. to that voice. When I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Yeah, so I mean that piece was just almost meant to be in uh-huh. there, you know, because it was by uh, combining everything, like combining the like her uh, inspiration and encounter with Joyce and the way she speaks. I mean, for those of you who will. Um, be interested and go listen to the interview it's an amazing interview and her oh, she's fascinating anyway and but also talking about Shakespeare and is the transmission because uh, it's, it's all about transmission is the Shakespeare and Company from the 20s transmitted to the Shakespeare and Company in the 50s uh, put that in 2020 celebrating the 100 years of uses and here we are doing that so I thought it was important to include that so people might be thinking now okay so you've got uh, a voice mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a singer, you've got Sylvia Beach, you've got the sounds of a bar. Mm. Where are the instruments, man? Like, what? <laughs> you telling us that they came after all of this? Yeah, it did. It did come That's... after all of this. Um, that was the nostalgic moment mm-hmm. in the putting together at that bar that night. This was a nostalgic moment, listening to a lot of elements except Flora's voice, but the tune from the from another era, Sylvia Beach, James Joyce's voice. The, uh, but then I wanted to put it into a modern setting mm-hmm. and I had an idea in mind of a beat and of a bass line that yeah. I sort of was inspired by, um, I'd say, music that I really enjoy, which inspired by uh, Afro beat music. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, we, so let's have a listen to the beat and the bass one after the other. The bass first. The bass This first. came to me, yeah. Okay, so okay now now I'm starting to get a bit lost as a sort of a tone deaf non musical burst person. So what's going on there? All right, so when you listen to that bass a little bit just like that out of context, it, it's a bit it's hard to hear because this bass just goes along a certain drum beat because otherwise it's just a little abstract just on its own. But at this point, I'd like to say that when I I then um, after this had was born, so this is where oh, in my mind I had the concept and I had decided to use these excerpts and uh, Flora's voice. And then I called my good friend, Adrien Chicot, who have played years, who's a fantastic composer and piano player of its own, and, you know, dear friend of mine, and uh, who's quite good at uh, producing and um, in the studio. And I, we've worked together before on this type of uh, just him and I in a studio mm-hmm. and something we enjoy doing together. And, um, and I asked him to work work with me on it. And these are the elements plus the idea I came with mm-hmm. 
in that session. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And I knew it had all to be simmered in a in a pot and for it to make a dish because mm -hmm. I only had the ingredients at that point, except the concept. So I went to him and he played that bass line. I sang it to him and he played it. And then we worked on the beat. And he was a lot of he was a big part in the drum part, mm -hmm. um, creating the beat around it. Uh, from different sounds and imagining what beat would go with that bass line. So let's hear the beat. Okay, now to me that sounds almost like a sort of sort of a marching beat. There's something almost military mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There is, there is. No, it's true. It's these. These are things that are hard to explain because it's just a combination of the the whole beat is with the bass because it's um. Bass and drums work like that together, and sometimes it's interesting because it's how you hear it, and and when you put the bass and the drum together, it, it's almost like you go, oh, okay, I get the beat, and mm -hmm. one with the without the other, um, sounds a little bit different. It's like contrasts. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So he played that beat and he, I was like, can you put some drum around this bass? And he heard how it should go and mm -hmm. we experimented. There, there's actually several layers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because first there was this cymbal, then this, um, I can't remember, the wood blocks. And then, so we created it a bit element by element. And he, he was a very big part of that, actually. Mm. And then we also have the, the glockenspiel. Exactly. Let's have a listen. Now I recognize that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny, but it was only in listening to the different elements when you sent them to me that I realized what you'd done. Um, that how you sort of, you had integrated this tune that I first came to you with into something much more contemporary sounding and much more, much more you. Yeah, that's, um, that's, a, that's an idea I had whilst we were doing it where we were listening to Flora's singing and deciding on which bit we were going to use mm -hmm. and how we're going to make it fit within a certain uh, time frame and in a logical um, development and um, well I have to I have to say that I purposely purposely wanted the tune to be a different key than the bass uh -huh. to obscure the tune to make more of an atmosphere like because if you change if you make different elements playing different keys then it's you can hear the key center of each element but the whole has this sort of dreamy mm -hmm. atmosphere to it and i wanted to get to that so things are not in exactly the same key and that brought me to the glockenspiel i can't remember how we chose the glockenspiel i think we were just looking for an instrument that was cutting through and giving it a certain atmosphere mm -hmm. And had a remember, sort of vaguely reminding of, it's very very loose from uh, traditional Irish music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because there was the flutes weren't working in that bit. The so, sort of percussion in traditional Irish music, we tried it. It did. It wasn't working with what we had. So we were kind of looking for something that could vaguely be reminiscent of something you could hear in an atmosphere. Um, of traditional Irish music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing I think that, that works really well. It's like, you know, I've spoken to um, quite a few Irish people over the years who hate the kind of kitschness of, you know, traditional Irish music mm. and the way it's been mm. um, sort of absorbed into into popular culture. And one of the things I love about this, this theme tune 
is, you know, I used the word contemporary earlier. And I think I think it's that it's something which is steeped in the 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 traditions of, of jazz, the literary tradition, the the different cities that inspired this project. But also this is a project being made in 2022 with 100 readers of many different nationalities, of different skin colours, of different accents. Mm. And it would have been such a shame if the theme tune had made it sound out of date and kitsch. And the thing I think works so well is that it sounds both, yeah, resolutely contemporary, but also in a sense kind of standing on the shoulders of tradition and history in a way. That's great. I mean, if that's the idea that comes through, it's great because that's how I imagined it. I mean, I I tried to go about it also because this is a different era we're in and we're a bit lost in it. We don't really know what their new um, uh, landmarks are. It's like shifted everything. But some, one thing we knew is that this new kind of um, stepping in what we call the 21st century, it's hard to know when you're actually stepping into it or not. <laughs> But um, there's something that is definitely happening about um, sediments of different generations, how, how they perceive each, pe- how people perceive each other beyond borders and beyond. I mean, this has evolved incredibly over the few years. And I think one of the such a rich element is the music and the what what is created, what people can he- will hear or are hearing about the the, the mixing of different genres and accents and I think that is quite fascinating. So I, I I had this idea. So it's rooted, vaguely rooted in the, I mean, except for the theme tune that's flourishing, which is typically Irish traditional. And the rest is trying an attempt to me who doesn't know very much about Irish music, except for what I heard, but trying to capture that aspect at the same time to deconstruct it so it's part of something else. And about the glockenspiel, that theme is actually the it's actually the 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 chorus of the song mm-hmm. which i couldn't integrate fully with flora's voice because it would have made too much of a linearity in it so we played that chorus underneath with the glockenspiel in a different sort of key at the same time as the verse mm-hmm. so it's there but it's it's instead of being after the verse it's at the same time yeah alex this has been absolutely fascinating thank you for joining us today um obviously i'll put links to your your album in the the show notes so people can listen to it do you have a a website where people can find out when you're playing when you're gigging around paris right now most of my advertisement my my gigs adam is on simply on instagram okay so follow Alex on Instagram. The link to that is in the show notes, or I believe it's at Alex Guitar Fryman. It's Alex at Alex dot Guitar Fryman. Okay, the dot is just it's a it's a musical. It's a little stop. It's a little snobbery of mine. <laughs> Alex, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Adam. Tell me what you had for breakfast. Coffee and cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you did. (laughs) 